What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. Hey, what it do, Kaipu? Welcome to episode 20. Mama, Yay. we made it. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, D-Boy. Bex Bumble had a family emergency, so she couldn't be with us today. But y'all know what's up when it comes to family. More, more, I ain't Family first. Um, so I just want to, you know, send out my love and light to Bex Bumble and her family at this time. I humbly ask our creator to place their healing hands over your family. But what we have uh, in store for you all today is a very <laughs> special guest. Uh, you hear her laughing back there. Um, this is a big moment for me, too, because this woman is someone who is very important to me in my life, who has been a part of building not only my capacity, but also helping me be, uh, become a better person. I'm speaking about none other than Alisi, uh, also known as uh, Paula, to those who know her like that, Tulua. What's up? What's up, Paula? What's up? Welcome. Welcome to the thank podcast. You. It's an honor to be here for episode 20. Hey, and thank you so much for you know being able to fill in for Bex. As, as I said, she has an emergency. And you know while you're of in course. town, we're always trying to find a reason to... Make sure we get to see each other. Anything for you. Oh. Anything for you. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise. Um, and this is just, uh, you know, it's uh, we, me and Bex have been looking forward to episode 20. I know. Because it's, I don't, I don't know why we're si- uh, signifying episode 20 as a, as a monument to celebrate, but man, that's just what we're doing. It's a nice round number. Right. Is yeah, it, when I heard you two talking about it last episode, I was like, I'm excited for episode 20. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know I was going to sit here, but here Me I neither, am. right? Yeah. And it's the way that the ancestors wanted it to be, you That's know? That's right. Because That's for right. Bex, you know, like, w- when it comes to family, you know, er- n- nothing else matters. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we try to just help support and be there in the best we can. And so it really means a lot to have you here on this momentous, or wait, monumental um, both, both work both work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode because it is a marker that we are doing it yeah almost 21 yeah almost 21 <laughs> <laughs> we could almost you know um purchase cannabis <laughs> recreationally <laughs> you have to be 21 to do that yeah you gotta oh, be 21 okay. to do that and some places don't you know still require the uh the um you know the paper uh, you used to the have m- the medical prescription card, yeah. But most places, you know, they're they're more leaning to like, yeah, you're just 21 and it's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I was tearing up just hearing the music, the intro. <laughs> it's like, wow. Right. Yeah. And it, you're one of our avid listeners, and so I am. I it, think I'm your number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving myself that title. Okay. Okay. You've got it. You've Thank got you. it. We've got our number one fan <laughs> in the studio today, y'all. It really means a lot to have you here, Paula. Um, I talk about you a lot on the podcast. Um, something I also forgot to mention is that, you know, I think you are a big part of my healing as well, mm. right? And just being not only like a mentor over the past, I'm just going to round it off and say 10 years, yeah. but you've become a friend, a really great friend, and now family. Yeah. Right? You saved my life that one time. <laughs> <laughs> that 
time well, you took me the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> and you saved my life many of times. <laughs> um, and that's what we do, right? That's just what we do for each other. It's the va that we have. And yep. even us sitting here um, in this podcast format, right? It's something that we dreamt about for a while. For a long while, maybe about, f- I say two, you say four. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just preparation to maybe meet at this point mm-hmm. where we are. A lot has changed in our lives. Um, uh, and I think it's also what we're going to get into our Chop It Up section about later on today where yeah. we're going to talk about just living life courageously. Yep. Right? Um, but for those of us, I mean, for those of y'all who are joining for the first time or maybe not the first time, y'all know how it goes. We uh, have our check-in with each other, and then we have our bruh section, and then we go into our ICU, which is where we highlight folks from the community um, that are doing things that we want to recognize, and then we get into where we chop it up about everything and anything for the culture. Yep. But before we get before we get going... I just want to ask um, you, Paula, is it okay <laughs> if we call upon our ancestors, you know what I mean, to be with us in this space? And, and we're, you know, we're working our way into a new year, yeah? yeah. Um, 2018 has been, has been tough. Yeah, it's, it's been a difficult year. I, I keep seeing that, like, on social media, people are posting. I'm, I'm like, I thought it was just me. Right. But, Maybe it's the way the stars are aligned, you know, retrograde all over the place. It's it's an accumulation of things. But yeah, and the way this country is that we <laughs> live in. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Uh, yeah. But before all else, yeah, you know, just thinking about, i just been thinking about lately about how are we making sure that we integrate culture mm-hmm. into this platform that we are uh, using, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about for the cultures and how it's a space for us to highlight and pay tribute to all of the cultures that we hold. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know for us, for our Pacific Islander cultures, it's always important to start off anything that we do, whether it's a meeting Mm -hmm. or, you know, a family uh, function, you know, we always ask for a blessing. So. I mean, before I say that, I think you and Bex have done a great job of incorporating culture into the conversation. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're not lacking there at all. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which no is gonna, bias there. No bias. <laughs> no, which is going to incorporate something else. And I think it's important to always root ourselves in, you know, our, not, you know, spirituality, if, you know, some people may call it, but just whatever it is that keeps you grounded, it's good to just start start off with that and absolutely yeah i don't mind i think i came prepared <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were gonna do this because <laughs> you know i just love it i just yeah and you just want me to speak tongan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. since we don't get enough of the you know okay. language of all right me and bex we struggle okay um i like i like this this is actually a hymn from the methodist church um but it's something that speaks to um, uh, being given blessings from 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 the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, whatever that may be, um, and so I, it's something that I generally turn to when being asked to uh, provide blessings for things. So I'll offer it here. Why not? Right on for the okay. culture. All right. Elau Maria hifomai, hifomau fareni, 
ha ele mai mohamat mafi aivi o keresi to hi fo hange ha ha hau ki ho mau atamai onga hi ke ho ko ha kere kere tao ai funga makani o ko kore ngai me ani he hua fa o ta ha mai amen amen hallelujah Okay. I feel the mana with that, you know? Yes, we're starting. We're ending and starting well. <laughs> ending 2018 and ready to move forward. Absolutely, because it's New Year's Eve, right? It's going to be New Year's Eve when we this airs. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's it's like we're, we're just preparing ourselves and equipping ourselves to enter this year. Wow. Pros, prosperously. Mm-hmm. And I even think related to what we're going to chop it up about, you know, courageously. Yeah. Because after this year and just so many things that we've had to deal with personally and even politically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we 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 need to be steadfast, yeah. right? We need to be courageous um, in our actions and the things that we do um, to to help shift. Yeah. I mean, even in this process of, of like what you offer in the podcast, it's another way to think forward. So I think that's part of having courage is to think ahead of today and tomorrow. But, right. you know, think it's farther ahead. So Because so many of us are, are worried about today. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can't be helped because there's just always too much. But, yeah, yeah, we got to get into practice thinking farther ahead and preparing. So sustainability that's right <laughs> all right well we're gonna go into this bruh section because there is so much <laughs> man i think even just you know I, I had some things lined up for bruh but i mean even you know let's 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 talk about 2018 right the whole 2018 bruh oh not that we have to i'm just saying you know there's you some... could though you could right yeah. there's a, there's a bunch of shit but what's going on Bruh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Let it out. Well, something I also want to address real quick before we get into the bruh <laughs> section is that, you know, having you be our guest today on the episode, it made me think about the 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 way in which you always held us, your your male <laughs> friends, accountable, right, to our inclusive language. Uh-huh. Um, and not saying things like guys, like, hey guys, or you guys, right? Because Gendered in, language. Yeah, it's yeah. very gendered, right? And in the space that we um, occupied, you, you're you not a guy, right? Like, it's not only guys that were yeah. present. And yeah. It always made us, you know, think about that and really take into consideration what you're, what you're saying, but also, like, the depth of what yeah. you're saying. Um, and so when I was preparing for today, I thought about the breath section <laughs> and I was just like, I wonder what Paula's going to say about this because it is very gendered. Yeah, but I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> but see how, see how yeah. much you've made me think about mm-hmm. how are we being inclusive yeah. in, you know, even something as simple as this. Yeah, I mean, it just becomes really normalized because... Right. It's part of the culture, right? Like yeah. Everybody says, bruh, and nobody ever questions it. Even but, the girls. Yeah, because I remember, I remember my sister who um, 
Yeah, anyway, this was a couple of years ago before it became bruh, when everybody was saying bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she she was, she was came to me, she goes, I'm so annoyed with these kids, our nieces and nephews. Like, they keep calling each other bro. Like, even the girls are talking to each other like that. And that was always such a big deal to us because being raised, like, in the Tongan home and, you know, and, like, respecting uh, the brother-sister relationship mm-hmm. and how we treat each other with regards to our gender... Um, that, you know, like just co- as girls calling each other bro was kind of like outside of what was comfortable. Um, right. But then it makes me think about this, you know, guys. I mean, it's also from that, from my experience working in nonprofit under one of my mentors, Dr. Faye, mm-hmm. who was a linguist, right? Uh, who was the one who constantly pointed that out as our boss in the office. Right. You know, like. Guys is not a general term. Mm-hmm. It's being internalized and normalized as something that speaks for everybody. But you would never walk around calling guys and girls girls. Right. Like, that's not normal. So why is guys a normal thing? Because guys would take offense to that. And, right. And and really, like, the, uh, you know, our manhood would be questioned. Right. Our if, masculinity would be tested if, like, why are you calling me that? Right. But it's also, like... Why would you generalize a whole other gender as one term, you know, like stripping away somebody's way of identifying with themselves with their gender by just calling them guys as a general term? It's a it's a way of imposing power word. with a word that takes away from somebody else's, you know, whatever they would identify themselves as. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I had this conversation even with our own brothers They were like, well, guys, it's a general term. I said, said who? It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, why, you're stripping away my identity as a woman by just calling me guys and expecting me to be okay with it. Right, to adhere to it. Yeah. So stop normalizing that. It's and, not all right. <laughs> hey, thank you for saying that, for vocalizing that, because, and I think even sharing your personal experience as close as having this conversation with your brothers. Yeah. Because when I brought this conversation, or, or not this, I didn't bring this conversation up, but... It was brought to my attention by my pops, and mm-hmm. he, he was like, "You know, I feel that that's wrong, right? Like, it's just it, there's no harm in it, mm-hmm. and and even with the bruh, right? Like, yeah. even though harm is not intended, mm-hmm. um, the impact could be very different, mm-hmm. right? And being being mindful and and uh, thoughtful about the language that we use, right? Because yeah. words mean things, people. Yes. yes, they do. Words mean things. You know, it's it's. It's something that we need to step outside of our comfort and be able to hear the other person out. Like, okay, this doesn't this doesn't uh, sit well with you. I need to be mindful and yeah. correct myself so that you don't have to do the correcting every time. Yeah, and I mean, some people will just be like, oh, you're so PC mm-hmm. or stop being so sensitive. So soft. Yeah, yeah. with your liberal tears. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, it's a form of like respecting people. Absolutely, and I think when uh, I remember when I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Fay, uh, may she rest in peace, rest in mm-hmm. love. Um, I I was so excited to meet her because yeah. I knew that that's where your um where that came from for right, you. Right. And so when I got to meet her, um, I was all like fangirling you know uh <laughs> around her and like i even took a picture with her and your yeah. sister um at the meeting that i went to in epa and i told her about how you always made sure that we were mindful of the language that we used especially yeah. 
um, when thinking about gender. Right, and being inclusive. And being inclusive. Yeah. And, and that it was really cool to meet her because so many of the way, so much of the way you worked, mm-hmm. um, you know, had been fostered through through her leadership. Right, right. Um, so. Yeah, and that's one simple lesson that I've carried everywhere else. You know, even in our family. Yeah. They know that. You you hear the kids start to say, guys, <coughs> I mean, you all are girls, let's go, you know. So. How, how does that how does that feel because you see that self-correcting happening with the, you know, with with family? I mean, the kids should already know that's been a thing in our family for many years now. So when I hear them self-correct today, I'm like, clearly you have not been practicing in English. <laughs> <laughs> You've had many years of this practice. It's like, oh, Auntie Paula's here. Let exactly. me make sure uh, I think about it. <laughs> yeah, Auntie Kava's here. So let me let me make sure I don't say guy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much the same thing with pronouns. Mm-hmm, you know, it's right. really interesting exactly. to be in community spaces. Mm-hmm. From being a being gone so long in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. And the office that I work for is very adamant about making sure that we ourselves um, introduce ourselves by also introducing our pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's the same thing here, right? Yep. It's the same context about us saying our pronouns so that nobody is guessing right. or assuming what our you know what our gender pronouns are. Yeah, and it's being clear about how you can offer respect to people the way they want to be respected, right? So yeah. I, I I appreciate pronouns and I I have to remind myself to practice my own introduction because I think like it's a form of privilege for me not to think to introduce my pronouns because I don't have to think about that, right? Word. So when I miss it in my introductions, I usually try to find a time to say uh by the way, my preferred gender pronouns but I've also been in in even community spaces where typically older folks are like why are we doing this pronoun stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes a it's a fight to try to make them understand because you know it's something new yeah and some people you know like I've even had like one of my good friends she's Hawaiian and she's she's like can somebody please explain why we have to identify this because in our culture like all genders are in included right yeah, so pretty much and you know this is something i think about in a lot of our pacific languages our our language is gender neutral right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. uh you have to specifically say boy or girl that you know our nouns are not formed in ways that already are conjugated to be gendered right right so for us sometimes maybe um you know at least at my hawaiian friend is like why do we have to do that when we know in our cultures, like, you know, all genders are included. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> we have to, I mean, we ha- we can't just think about the way things are framed in our own experiences, but mm-hmm. also consider other people's experiences in that. That part. Right. And respecting them in their experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Therefore. <laughs> furthermore. Yes. It, um, <laughs> here's the solution is you can say y'all. Mm-hmm. You, you all, or say folks, mm-hmm. or everyone, yeah, or everybody, if, you know, lady. Um, oh, well, that's kind of no. I mean, if it's a room full of girls, you can say ladies, or you know, as long as you know what people identify themselves as, you can learn to respect it in the languages you choose, right? Yeah, um, something you said really struck me. Oh, I think when you were talking about how. You know, growing up in the Tongan context and mm-hmm. and the whole faka um, apa apa between brother and sister, mm-hmm. right? 
Like, could you could you just give us a? a, a I know there, I know it's very like extensive of explaining the like what that means, but could you could you help explain? <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. I would try. But I mean, because it's so it's so specific, right? Especially in the Tongan culture. Uh-huh. I I know that um, I've learned about how it existed. And and still exists, but I think in a different context now with Samoans, yeah, right where um, it's the fanganga between uh, brother and sister, yeah, right, and how yeah. the sister is the apple of the brother's eye, mm-hmm. and like the brother, I essentially lives to serve you know the sister, mm-hmm. right, and like whatever the sister yeah. needs and wants, and like he is there to provide that for her, yeah, protect her, and like what she says essentially goes uh-huh, uh-huh. right and yeah. and like even to learn that about some you know how that once existed and then how that fanganga that uh what do they call that it was like a a sacredness between uh-huh. between them anyway like the fanganga switched from mm. you know the brother and sister to revering the the fife owl right so just transposing that relationship to the church, yeah, the church. to oh, the okay. church, right? Mm. And how, and now, now everything you know uh, in Samoan context, right, is like the Fife out is the most revered person mm-hmm. in the in the village and in the yeah. community beyond even just like what's happening at home, uh-huh. right? And so, sorry, I went off <laughs> there. We're way off our bra now. We're <laughs> it's still <laughs> it's still a part of it, but yes. like I think you know just. For context, because it's part of the culture, right? This this relationship between mm-hmm. brother and sister, in the Tongan context. Yeah, I, well, I think like I touched on that because, um, I almost said obviously, it's not obviously, but in Tongan culture, uh, gender is very important because uh, importance in the hierarchy in Tongan culture depends on the gender, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls within a family hold, um, mm, I, I still struggle with this, what, what English word is most appropriate for this. She holds power. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even within that, like you, so within a nuclear fa- nuclear family, the sister, and if there are multiple girls, the oldest sister holds power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in many different kinds of situations. It's very specific. I don't want to go into it. Uh-huh. But even if you go one um, one tier up, right, within a, not just a nuclear family, but with the your parents' siblings, right? So it's very specific. So on your dad, so on your dad's side of the family is higher because the, your dad's sister is then holds power over her brothers and their kids. Uh-huh. And... On your mom's side of the family, because the mom is a girl, you hold power or your mom holds power over her brothers and their kids. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so when I mentioned it earlier about, like, our girls calling each other bro, like, it was irritating because gender is so very, uh, it's, a, it's a place for assignment of power in our in Tongan culture, at least. And so... I don't know. That was just was unsettling hearing the girls not recognized. Like, mm. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's how, uh, at least in the Tongan family structure, that's how power 
uh, gets allocated at least for like family matters. And so the women then um, over their brothers and the brother's kids have say over, you know, they they are the center of occasions. Mm-hmm. They become like the Tongan word for it, they usually say mama, which means like your God on earth mm. um, is that person is your uh, paternal aunt. Mm-hmm. So for me, my dad only ha- my dad has seven brothers and one sister. She's basically the achy mama for over her brothers and her and their kids. So all of us. Wow. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know if did it's, that give you at least enough of a. Yeah, you know. yeah. No, I, I think it's it's just I, I'm such an admirer. You know, I'm the honorary Tongan. Yes. Out here in these streets, <laughs> <laughs> being of Samoan descent and Tahitian, and mm-hmm. you know the colonizer descent as mm-hmm. well, but. I have a, I have a real big place for Tonga and for Tongan culture mm-hmm. in my heart that like, you know, I think just being able to learn from you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the context of Tongan culture is really yeah. beautiful. Um, and I've always admired um, my Tongan folks, you know, just for yeah. like pra- practicing, mm-hmm. practicing culture mm-hmm. in such an indigenous way. Yeah, and it gets carried on beyond just like your the generation of your parents, like the yeah. generation of your grandparents still consider the same things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can I'll just use me as an example. My my grandmother is like one of the older sisters of like many, many siblings, many boys. And so even for me, somebody that's like a third generation or second generation from that from them, you know, when we go back home, there's this whole um way of like holding up the grandchildren of their sister kind of thing. Yeah, it's already automatic, right? Yeah, so, and that's not just in my family. That's in all Tongan families. And so a lot of people, and even still, I see I see people, like my on my mom's side of the family, still upholding that like at the great-great-grandparent level, mm. um, where there was like, you know, we are from the brother line, and then there was a younger sister line, and... Whenever there's an occasion, you know, that ended up, you know, um, whenever there's an occasion, there's a way of like uh, even my uncles going to make sure that they take food and take, you know, like lu and talo and stuff to whatever occasion is going on. Because even though it's like five generations away, it's still we're we're from the brother line and that's the sister line stuff. And we still go and take things over there. Right. You still you still know your place. Yeah, we still observe that. And, And even I think it's beautiful how like. It's it's so automatic that like people hear or know you know where they fall in and mm-hmm. where you fall in, right? And and everybody falls in line. Yeah, with everybody how falls into line. So things are practiced. Yeah, I mean the the sometimes that you know I know I'm talking about like the male side and the power that gets held by by the sisters, right? But mm-hmm. there's a balance in it in that like on your dad's side you're lower and on your mom's side you're higher, and so you have to know how to play both roles and know how to you know, on you show up at a funeral and you're you're in one line and you're the one that's in the kitchen making food, serving mm-hmm. food all day, mm-hmm. and you don't get to complain because that's your role, right? And if you show up on another side and you know your mom happens to be the one that's sitting in the house, then you go sit in the house and you get served. And you should know how to be humble about that role. Mm. But as a Tongan, it's something that you have to learn both sides because if you don't know how to do it, then you know your mother didn't teach you. Oh. <laughs> 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 you don't get punished for it. Your parents get punished for it. Right, so, right. Yeah. 
that's so beautiful. It's like it's such reciprocity there. Yeah. Um, and then learning that it's it's so it's so beautiful because that's definitely not the you know within the American context, right? Yeah. Like that's that's such a mind blowing um, observance. Yeah, and I think culture. it's it's a it's a balance and har- and harmony that exists in mm-hmm. our indigenous practices. Yeah. That maybe some have been tipped one way because of colonization, mm-hmm. because of Christianity, you know, and so that balance has been tipped one way or the other. But if you really, if we really try to think about indigenous practices, a lot of the way that those are built into our culture creates this balance of one place you have power, the other place you don't, but you know how to function in both. Yeah. Right. And so it just creates a person that is thinking about both things, you know, so. I love it. I yeah. love it. Thank you. Thank you for putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> You are definitely uh, a teacher. Uh, <laughs> you got the teaching spirit. I don't know, but <laughs> sure. No, nah, but don't I, ask my, don't tell my family that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bruh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Was that your real bruh, though? I, well, I think I, I, you know, I wanted to touch okay. on this whole, you know, gender, oh, on the, on the genderizing, your... yeah, genderizing it, and it's like, you know, what about Sibling, yeah, <laughs> or you know, or just like, well, oh, yo, where something I don't know, you know, but hoy. Hoy. <laughs> what's your hoy for the week? <laughs> but I just because you were coming, it made me really think about this, you know, as yeah. it is an expression, you know, peeling back the layers of what are we really doing here. So nice, if you want to say bruh, if you want to say sis, if you want to say nothing, you know, like it's whatever, but. Yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to go there real quick Thank while you're you. here. Okay. But my bruh for the week is 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 that, you know, these Balangis, man, they're at it again. Uh oh. So, um it's so funny too, cause so Shane Omika is somebody that, you know, we follow, somebody we shouted out uh-huh. on the podcast a right. lot. Shout out to Shane Omika. Um recently I don't even know Shane Omika's pronoun. I'm going to just say she. So she, and sorry if I misgendered you. See, there goes that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) But Shane Omika tweeted uh, a clip from Family Feud where a Palangi family, uh, the New Heart family, um, had the goal to do a haka Again? On national TV. I don't know how old this is. I know, but wasn't there... I, I don't know. I haven't looked at it, but didn't this happen already before? I have no... Or is I, it the same family? Maybe it's the like same the family. Same video keeps circulating? Yeah, maybe. Because, because of uh, Jason Momoa's haka? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, sorry. But but no, I, I, this is my first time seeing the video, oh, right? Okay. And, and so um, I went... It was just a clip that Shane Omika tweeted, but I went to YouTube to go look at the full video to just to get the context right uh-huh. of what's happening. So the man in the in the video, his name is Kelly. He's the men's ministry leader at his church oh. in uh, Folsom, California. He stated that he plays rugby and says he actually lived and played rugby in New Zealand. But then you know, uh, so then Steve Harvey goes to ask him about well, who does this, and then. Th- the Newhart family said, we do. And so they stepped back. And they, they do? They do, right? <laughs> First of all, that's where they fucked up, number oh, one, yeah, right? Like... 
So then they all step back. Yeah, for real. For real. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, they step back and then they get into the position and they they just they just really like really whitewash the the haka and its meaning and its intensity and its oh just everything and, and like it's terrible. It's I mean it's terrible. <laughs> and, and like not only I mean Kelly was talking about it, but everybody who was around him, you know, the, the other members of the family. They were just hella excited, and that was yeah. It was just disgusting to me, you yeah. know, because it's like, see, this is where the real issue is. Jason, Jason Momoa's uh, haka, um, and the controversy around uh-huh. that, right? I feel like Jason did it in a way where he respected the culture. He respected, um, at least I, I, I feel right, like uh-huh. the process, from what I've right. learned. He didn't just think, oh yeah, you know, I seen I seen them do this at a rugby game, yeah. and it's okay for us to do it too, right? And not even acknowledge wh- who where it comes from, the people who it's indigenous to, you know. Uh, it was just it was terrible, and I even went to go look at some of the comments, and you know, there's yeah. people who are just like, oh shit, here we go, you know, it's that fuck shit again. <laughs> um, <laughs> one one. Did you coin that word? What fuck shit? Yeah, because no, I keep hearing it. No, 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 oh, okay. it wasn't me. I I I heard it somewhere. Okay, okay. So it's definitely a, a culture, mm-hmm. a cultural word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is. I think things like that is the outcome of us Pacific Islanders. Uh, just uh, what is the word? It's the result of. Us not taking, okay, now I'm just blaming ourselves for this. It's not our fault because these people are doing something they shouldn't be doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But when I, th- you know, when you step back and you think about the big picture, um, I think it's a res- it, it comes from the fact that sometimes some of us uh, perform our culture in a very, diluted and performative huh, perform performative way mm-hmm. or just there's no meaning to the way we share our cultural practices mm. such that non-pacific islanders think it's so easy it looks so easy i could just do it too mm-hmm. because they're sharing it as though it has no meaning outside of the fact that you just make these movements right so you you know you know this about me like i'm a huge like I, I'm sometimes I police. I like I'm a, I police people on the way the culture is being shared, and I feel bad about it sometimes. Sometimes I don't, yeah. because we can't we can't just haphazardly share our culture, you know. Especially okay, here's an, a really good example of there where this happens. Not all the times, but sometimes when our when our college organizations do luau's on their oh. campuses. Yes. And beyond, and and do nothing more than just dance and perform dances that belong to other cultures where Mm -hmm. they are not really learning the meaning and the sacredness of these things and how they get practiced and not teaching anything beyond, we're going to entertain you with this dance and where these really colorful things for you to be pleased by. Right. And... I don't know. It's it's I I I I know exactly what you're talking about because I I too share the same views, right? And it's also I think that's a result of being able to 
um, share space with folks and really look at how our culture has been commodified, mm-hmm. right? And really think critically about about how that happens, why that happens, and the results of it happening. Yeah. To the point of where I, sorry, to the point of where You're I really am. Passionate. <laughs> I'm getting passionate. I'm knocking shit out all over the place, but I am very anti luau as well, right? And even just the the performative aspect of us displaying our culture in that mm-hmm. way, right? Like, I could tell that it was painful for you to get that out, right? But we need to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we, we see it often that it, our I found the word loosely. Mm. When we share our culture so loosely mm-hmm. without any meaning and without any depth, when we clearly know that these things have a lot of depth right. and they're shared in a way of celebrating our culture, mm-hmm. but when we're doing it for other people and don't give them the context and the meaning behind these things, then people think it's so, oh, it looks so easy. Yeah. I can do this too. And in essence, like indirectly giving them permission, even though I'm just like, just don't, don't do that. That's like, real. That's hella that's real. That's ours. Right. And there are not many things in this world that are ours. Mm-hmm. Like, don't take that away from me. Yeah. So. I think that's that's why it's so it's so cring, cringe uh, cringeworthy mm-hmm. when we see it hap you know a culture being displayed in this haphazard way mm-hmm. as you just as you said and we also have to hold ourselves responsible right. for the role that we play exactly. in doing that because yeah. I mean you know for so long so many. Um, so many college, you know, Pacific Islander college clubs or associations that um, had Pacific Islanders or Pacific Islander clubs, you know, um, would want to like do luau's mm-hmm. and, and do things like that. And I just, for me personally, I didn't want no part of it. Yeah. And I think you know, in trying to work with folks to to like have some understanding of why that is. Yeah. You know, it's just like we disregard it. Because we don't see, we don't, like, folks don't see it in that way. They yeah. see it as it's a great way to display our culture. Yeah. But we are losing, we are losing so much that's connected to it. Mm-hmm. And even missing opportunities right, to, to be learn. able to educate, mm-hmm. um, you know, the masses yeah. about these different islands. Yeah. And the histor- historical context between so many of them. Because with so many of the PI islands, yeah, you know, the, the... The histories are different, but very connected. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that, the, you know, when I was in college, oh, many, many years ago, um, a lot of the PI clubs, there were a few campuses that had PI clubs, but most most of them had API mm. clubs that didn't have any PIs, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Filipinos that call themselves PIs, mm-hmm. and, or Hawaiian clubs that... It was just for people from Hawaii, not necessarily, yes, not necessarily Native, Native Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this was normal and almost on campus was what they expected that if they did an event, it was dancing. Right. And so then they became the group that people asked to, to be entertainment at whatever things are on campus. We see this in community. We see this in yeah. community too, right? Yeah. I just talked oh, about this shit. Let's do API Heritage Month and ask... Um, the way we'll represent the PI part of this is to have them dance. Yeah, get a halal or somebody, a dance team, come perform. Yeah, but not be part of any of the content of celebrating our heritage. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, I know everybody, I know this is a conversation people have all the time, but what I can appreciate now is that many of our PI orgs are majority PI. And a lot of our students are way more critical and yeah. are thinking more critically than the folks of my generation when we were in college and are doing things differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can at least say I really appreciate UC Riverside's uh, yeah. PI club. Yeah. They have really, uh, over the last, I don't know, five years maybe, mm-hmm. have really transformed the way that they do uh, luau and not even they don't call it a luau because that's a Hawaiian word right and call it a culture night and they couple the you know performing dances with um, uh, education mm-hmm. and they don't they don't just do the dances themselves like they will invite uh, the Kutura and Chamoru uh, performers to come and do the Guam performances mm-hmm. I mean the Chamoru performances so yeah, I mean, shout out to UCR, right? Uh, PI Club. I know we have a couple of our own young leaders over there, Simba and yeah, Steve. and Steven. Yeah, so yeah, doing big things. Yeah, great job. I hope you all continue to um, to continue doing that and hoping to educate other folks. I mean, I know some of the clubs up here too are killing it. So yeah, definitely SF State. Uh, we got City College, City College mm, right. you know, even um, the f- the students over at CSM, right. the MANA program. Yeah, and really doing like performing in a completely different way and not just, oh, we're going to throw our whole thing for you and that's it. Yeah. Right, integrating it with whatever they learn. And yeah, it's been really inspiring watching that. Yeah, it's, you know, we just keep growing and we keep moving forward because I, I know that I could I could remember back to the days when I felt like performing was the way in which we were yeah. able to display culture or mm-hmm. even to be visible, right? right? Like I think what was at the essence of all of this was just the thirst for visibility for yeah. our community. Yeah. Um and I think we have to acknowledge the fact that you know, um the generations that were born and raised here Oftentimes, that's the easiest thing to to hold. You know, that's the easiest thing to grasp. Right, right, is like dancing and language mm-hmm. and singing, um, and so that becomes the first way for them to link themselves to what is cultural. Right. So I understand. I completely yeah. understand. Cool. It's also the onus is on us that yeah. are older, at least me, somebody that was born and raised in Tonga, to be able to offer myself up as a resource if ever needed for, you know, thinking about how to do that. Not that I have all that knowledge, but. You've definitely contributed to ensuring that, you know, a lot of us return back to the meaning. And and even if we're going to have these spaces, that we do it in a way where it's, we're offering more than just right. what's at the surface. Yeah, so, so folks non, that are non-islander that are attending our events are not walking away going, oh, I can do the haka. Yeah. On Family Feud. Right. Because it looks really cool. They actually recognize what that means, why it's performed, mm-hmm. why it's a sacred thing. Why they should not do it. Right. <laughs> and why they should not do That's it. That's the biggest part. But also, like, to, to have a bigger picture of who Pacific Islanders are, right? Yeah. Like, that's the... I think also why maybe the dancing thing was so easy for folks to lean towards mm-hmm. is because there was already this uh, propaganda around mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. Pacific Ex- Islanders. Exoticizing. Yeah, yeah, exoticizing our islands, mm-hmm. exoticizing our people, yeah. and us just being these, you know, native savages, these happy-go-lucky people where... Creatures. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, so, I mean, bro. Yeah. Sass. Please stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, please stop doing that, y'all. Um, but also one thing I just wanted, you know, on a more positive note, (laughs) (laughs) um, is that I just want to also recognize that there was this show that just recently was, uh, released on Netflix, Uh um, centered around a Pacific Islanders who own, um, their own funeral home and the funeral business. Uh Um, it's called the Cascadeers. Uh-huh. And it's on Netflix, um, so I definitely encourage y'all to go and check it out. Um, I think it's really, it's really something new for me to see because I think, you know, existing in the diaspora, mm-hmm. um, and you know, when funerals happen, it's it's us, it's the family that comes, and you know, we take care of everything and we do what needs to be done. Um, but but what's really cool here is that. Dealing with the funeral home, the the Cascadeers is this place where it's Pacific Islanders who mm. are, you know, basically running the business and they have the cultural context when dealing with their customers, right? Mm-hmm. I think they get a lot of Islander customers, um, uh, a lot of Islander business yeah. because there is that connection and that understanding of like the processes that happen yeah. and... I think also just the attention to detail that they yeah. give to... What ethnicity is it? Um, so the folks that run the business, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's the man and the woman, their husband and wife, they're Maori. Uh-huh. And then they have folks that work with them who are like Samoan, oh, okay. maybe a Tongan, um, yeah, other other Pacifica people. Okay. And there's I haven't gotten through all the episodes, but just what I've seen so far, there's such a... There's such a level of respect where you can't help but feel proud because you just see your people helping your people. Yeah. Right? Like even the way that they show the the dead who uh-huh. um you know, who have passed, they never show the face. They mm-hmm. may show the body, the right. the feet or, or like they're they're talking ab- about the person but never showing the, the dead body. Yeah. The the face. It's that's so that's such a sign of respect because mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't want to display folks that way. Right. You know, I can't stand when. <laughs> I mean, I may get some some uh, some clapback for saying this, but I can't stand when folks take pictures of, you know, those who have passed. Yeah. You know, and like they'll do like the whole selfie picture with them, or just take a picture of you know their body. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's. Doesn't that's something that doesn't need to be shared? Yeah, you know. But maybe around the like, you know, the the family around the the casket mm-hmm. or the body, like mm-hmm. that's that's totally like I get that that I I, I receive that. But just the whole like taking the picture yeah, of the some person. Yeah, some things should be kept sacred, right? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it should definitely be kept sacred. So mm-hmm. I I think uh, this is definitely a must see. You know, yeah. we gotta support media out yeah. there that is that is you know has our people in it um and it's it's really it's really cool to just see you know how it's done yeah i mean it sounds like i mean because you know funerals are really also another um part of our culture that is has its 
has its protocols yes. and yes. whole process that go along with it that mm-hmm. have all kinds of meanings. And I mean, it's also like a play, a time of mourning that's held sacred. Yeah. You know, so it'd be really interesting to check it out. It's really, yeah, because even there was like one episode that I did catch, it was uh, centered around the Tongan family mm-hmm. and how the person who was basically running, you know, the, uh, the services mm-hmm. from the funeral home understood how to help things move along mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not be very, you know, meek, but be very firm and like, okay, this needs to happen Yeah. next. Okay. I need you all to do this. Even like something as simple as like figuring out how to get the, the casket into the church, yeah. you know, and making sure that everybody's aligned so that there's no, um, there's no, me- like nothing gets messed up. <laughs> no, Nobody drops I a mean, casket. At least I know, like Tongan funerals are, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I probably should, I should know more. But even the order of like who speaks when mm-hmm. indicates somebody's position with regards to the deceased. Yeah. You know, um, even like, and I, I, all Tongans know this, like if you see the people that are serving the food, you know that they stand at a specific position with regards to who passed. Mm. Um, you know, you see somebody sitting at the head of the deceased, you know that that's a fahu and, or, you know, somebody that's descendant of like a higher fahu, the fahu loa. So uh, there's a lot of protocol to <laughs> tongue in funerals and yeah, they'd be really interesting to see. I can appreciate having, you know, that kind of business observe and respect those practices enough to, to help that way. I mean, I don't, do we have any Pacific Islander run like funeral services here in the states? I don't know about Rand. I just know that um, there is there is a um, a woman that a lot of folks turn to at mm. a at a uh, at a specific chapel because you know she works there and oh. is able to help the family yeah. with, with stuff. Because I we definitely went to them too. Yeah. So I think it it's. You know, there's power in our community with you know by word of mouth. Yeah. Like one family knows about yeah, people somebody know working which there. mortuaries to use. There you go, mortuary. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Because they know to go use those people because you know they understand the culture more and yeah. yeah, exactly. But I'm not sure in in this way where they're running the whole mm. the whole shebang, right? Oh, I want to see that. It's really interesting. So, and I appreciate that Netflix puts these types of things I out know. with our people. You know, like. Shout Go out Netflix. Right on Netflix. You know, if you ever want to put some money towards a podcast, a <laughs> live podcast. Please waive my subscription. <laughs> <laughs> right? Something. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, you know, be, um, you can sponsor us yeah. and, and we'll give you plug I mean, we, every we, time. We can talk about a show every, every podcast. <laughs> every podcast. Don't even trip. <laughs> Uh, but also in supporting our folks in media, I also just want to say that I didn't have high expectations uh, going in to see Aquaman. Mm. But after Jason Momoa displaying, you know, culture in the way that he did at the red carpet and then yeah. also learning about how he advocated for uh, Tamora Morrison to be his pops and other yeah. PIs to play roles in the film, you know, like that's something I could stand behind. You know, uh, I, yeah. I spoke about this last week where... You know, people say these say these things about like, yo, a PI is doing this, we got to stand behind them. A PI is doing that, we got to stand behind them. But I think we also need to check about what PIs are doing mm-hmm. to know that if we stand behind them or not. Yep. You know, and so for Jason to do that uh, made me want to see this movie even more. 
Um, but I did. I, I didn't have high expectations. Hmm. But damn, <laughs> bruh, sis, what happened? That movie is oh my goodness! It is it is such a good time. Uh, I mean, Jason Momoa is badass for real. That's that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> that that I mean, man. Whew. I mean, okay, physically you can't deny that. Nah, you can't. I, I I'm sure that the humor, the humor in the movie was written in. But I think his delivery is a very, it's, it's just his personality. Yeah. And that was really cool. Like, yeah. It was very Islander. <laughs> very. Yeah, you could identify with his sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very Island. It felt it felt very that. Yeah. And I, I don't think other people caught wind to that. I mean, yeah, but but not at a deep level. Nah. But yes, the the his physique and, and the whole like. The tattoos. Those are, are his, those his? Those are his tattoos. Oh. But just, I mean, I knew he had tattoos. I didn't know he... Oh. But see, okay. it's, it's not... like I think the way in that it's done, too, is very tasteful. What, the way what is done? Like, the way he's uh, presented in the film. Like, all the <laughs> muscles and everything. Like, even the music they his put mus- behind him. Like, when he comes on the screen and it's like that... Dah, 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 you know? <laughs> it almost reminds me of, like, Terminator and shit like that. Oh, Okay. You know what? Th- what? <laughs> Sorry, this is playing in my head. I wanted by the end of the movie, I was like, I should have counted how many times they had him do the look back thing. Oh my gosh, yes, and I and he does that oh thing my God. all throughout the movie. He does it great though, because when he's when he does that shit, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you looking at me? Huh? <laughs> I, who are you looking at? <laughs> I mean, but you just can't deny, like, that's just a beautiful man. You know, I'm going yes. to say that shit on here as he uncomfortable is. as it is. Like, he is. That shit, that shit was beautiful. But, I mean, even the performance, like, his acting, it didn't suck to me. No. He he did very. That's he, a very low bar. Well. He didn't suck. Did he suck at other things? No, because even okay. as uh, Cal Drogo, I think he did very good. He was amazing. He was, yeah. He was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. But like even in this, he you know, there's so much more and, and like I I don't know, like yeah, it just didn't suck. I mean, he was like the center of the entire thing and he carried it well. And he carried it very yeah. well. Um I think the action is fun. You know, I did kinda have to like I did have to let the talking underwater sink in. Uh, maybe I should have said spoiler alert. Anyways. But like let you know, the talking underwater and all that, like I had to let that sink in because I was like, come on now, bro, you know. I need to go watch it again in 3D. I didn't take your advice. Okay, I'm going to give you another, uh, and everyone listening, I'm going to give you all a word of advice. If you have an opportunity, go see it in IMAX 3D. Uh, IMAX 3D, oh my okay. goodness, because of the colors. Yeah. You know, I mean, just I can all imagine. Oh, it's beautiful. It you is know, just when beautiful. I was watching it, I was like, oh, wow, this must look amazing in 3D. Something I'm also really happy about with Aquaman is that the the younger versions of Jason mm-hmm. or of uh, what's his name in the movie Arthur are very close to yeah. you know his look right and right. I, they, I believe that's a Hawaiian guy yeah yeah the young kid is Hawaiian mm-hmm. and even the younger one I think is also Islander maybe oh remember the one yes, that's yes, in the, the little kid in the aquarium aquarium mm-hmm. yeah but all of that to say. Um, Go out and support this film. It's a really good film. I heard some bad reviews and some reviews that said it was okay, but 
you know, I think those are folks that are intimidated by his looks. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not here for the, you know, character development and all that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's going to be, my niece was asking if there's going to be a second one. I think there should be. Probably now that we know he's yeah. king they, of the sea. They're going to make money. And he's going to make money. Yeah. And, you know, he's 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 dope. You know, I think he uses his platform well. Yeah. How, mu- how much is, um, spoiler alert, when you're talking about a movie? If you're just talking about certain things without giving away the actual, like, content, I don't know. is that... I don't know what's worthy okay. and what's not. I'm just trying to think about what I can talk about. I mean, I try not to give it away because even though folks don't mind, you know, some folks don't mind spoilers. Yeah, it's like, like me, I don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's just still like, dang, I feel like I'm robbing you from the experience okay, or those fine. aha moments. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's my breath for the week. How about you, Paula? What's sis? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> And does it feel better for you? Because I know that, you know, even with our relationship, it was, it's always like, I can't oh, call man. you, I can't call you bro, because the things, yeah, you know. Yeah, the things I talk to you about, I would never talk to my brothers about. And and you know what? So I don't call you bro. You don't. No. But I think, you know, like where I am in my life and even uh, just the things that I've worked through, mm-hmm. like, because cause women have always been able to open up to me and they'd always be like, sis or girl. And then they right. would correct themselves and say, oh, I'm sorry. And I used to feel some type of way about it. Mm. But I think where I am now, like, if you want to call me that, like, it's not going to make me none, you know? So Like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I use sis and bro very specifically, so I don't call everybody sis. Right. Unless I have a relationship with you like that. Or even if like, we're not in, in each other's lives day to day, but you're somebody that I have a lot of respect for and I trust then I'll call that person sis, but I don't throw that around lightly. Mm-hmm. Same thing with bro. I don't, yeah. you know, like you're, you're, you and I are really close and I could potentially call you bro, but the way I feel about the word is like, I've talked to you about many things that it's not, it's like way beyond bro conversation. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to call you that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so anyways. I'll take sis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Netflix. I'll do a quick one since we really talked a lot about the other stuff. Did you watch Bird Box yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen all the memes and... Oh, my gosh. I've the... definitely learned that there's blindfolds involved. <laughs> and Sandra Bullock. Yes. Okay, so I won't talk about the movie. I'll let you watch it. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just have been thinking about that because I've the memes are hilarious. <laughs> they are, and Whoever I don't even know. Whoever is coming up with this stuff, oh my gosh! The internet is really, really I'm like, wild. These sometimes. folks are hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, no, I wasn't gonna talk about the movie in like specifically. I was just gonna. Just, I was just. It was just in my head this whole week. Because like I have, I was actually looking forward to watching it from all the previews. I don't have I don't have cable, so I don't have TV. Mm-hmm. So I only watch your DVDs that you left with me, <laughs> which is My a precious gra- which is a great variety. Um, and I watch Netflix. It's the only like streaming service that I subscribe to. Uh-huh. So yeah, so I was looking forward to Bird Box for a while. And so how how like were you did you like it? Did you not like it? Were you underwhelmed? Um, overwhelmed? 
It, that's funny uh, because I've asked people, they're like, meh. Um, and then I tell them that they probably only said that when the movie ended. Mm. <laughs> so okay. That's as, as much as I'm going to say about it. Um, but I'm, you know, and they were like, yeah, you're probably right. It seems like it's something, you know, that's very cultural, I guess. It, it's become something that is a part of the culture because it has, uh, what do you call that? It has become a trend, mm-hmm. right? It's trending in pop culture where it's almost as if it's like something in the culture that you have to, it's like a must-see, right? Yeah, it's so weird because it was like, was there no other movies coming out around that time? I wa- and, like, uh, I'm I like, watched, why did it blow I up? I watched it the day it was released. Because <laughs> I had nothing else to watch. It just well, seemed like were people anticipating this? There it, was so much buzz. It was so. It was. Um, I, I mean, it was riveting. I mean, even just the trailer, it just made you wonder, what the hell is this about? They're gonna run around with blindfolds on. Oh, I love that word. Riveting. riveting. That's right. <laughs> That's the way to describe a film when it's really. So you're just like, okay, I want to see this movie. So. And so, are you? Were you underwhelmed? As a, a no, viewer? I I love I uh, I use love too loosely maybe, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Even the ending. Okay. See that now I just spoiled it. I probably. mean, it's something to anticipate. Yeah. So even the ending makes me laugh because I. Sorry, and maybe people, that's this maybe is a spoiler. <laughs> Fuck it. You can't help it <laughs> because because I'm somebody that don't mind spoilers. I'm horrible at not covering it up for people. Sorry about it. Yeah. Maybe I'll put it in the, but, you know, in the in the caption about Yeah. they're kind of being yeah. a spoiler. Yeah. Fast forward to this time time thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was I, I laughed at it because I was like, ooh, people are gonna be pissed. And people are pissed. Yeah. It I seems. Know. And I then know. there are people who are like, This is really good. <laughs> I really loved it. And and yeah. I think what I love is all this buzz and how every like there's this division mm-hmm. of like people who really liked it, yeah, um, and are doing memes, you know, in a positive sense, and there yeah. are people who hate it <laughs> and are doing it in a comedic sense, and then I think there's even people who are who are like making memes just because everybody's everybody's making freaking memes. posting about yeah. this, yeah, and I, I it's just it's so funny to see like what gets. What becomes a trend mm-hmm. and what, what doesn't. becomes viral? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What becomes viral? It's been great. No, but you know what? It made me think of, on a serious note. Word. What it made me think of was, um, while I was watching it, I I was thinking about all the 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 couple of kids that have died in. Um, the detention mm-hmm. centers. Oh yeah. man. Because you know, there's kid. There are kids in that, and so. Yeah, something I seen in the thing is like. The dragging of the kids or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I listen, I mean, maybe I'm ju- I just listen to too many, like, political podcasts and I, I'm too close to the news and following all of that that when I was watching that, it made, just made me think about that. It made me think about parents trying to take care of their kids, yeah. trying to look for safety, trying to look for security, trying yeah. to look for a future where they can survive. Yeah. And having to do whatever it is they need to do in order for their kids to be okay. Like, it it made me think of that. Like, way to go, connecting Bird Box with all that. That's real, that's going though. on, but it made me, yeah. That, that's real as fuck. I mean, you, you saying that, it makes me think about the blindfold part and, like, I haven't seen the film, but, like... Yeah, there aren't any symbolism in there at all. No, There are no metaphors, but it, it just... 
I think it's just where I am. I was thinking about that. Hey, and film is art and art <laughs> is subjective. <laughs> yes, that's where it took me. Because <laughs> you saying that made me think about like the blindfold and thinking about justice, right? Mm. And like, oh, you know, the injustice. Well, you are the film major. <sighs> I mean, I did, you know, I people always... Okay, here's something that pisses me off is that people always associate me going to film school with like doing the production side. Uh-huh. And while I did do the production side, right. my major was critical studies right. of film and television. So so analyzing so film. So analyzing mm-hmm. film was the thing. Yeah. And right, and with you, you know, so being as someone who hasn't seen the film, you saying that that's where it took you thinking about the young people who have lost their lives because of the What's the word? Inhumanity, the inhumane treatment mm-hmm. that this country has, yeah, um, shown you know mm-hmm. these young folks. Yeah, made me think about like, well, dang, there's the blindfold, and automatically I think about, you know, Lady Justice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and like I I remember seeing the you know the two kids, yeah, and like maybe those are. The, the balances and the weight the weights right Jeez. And, and like how <laughs> right I'm getting there you are <laughs> <laughs> but like you know maybe it's somehow connected you know I think that's the beautiful thing about looking yeah. at things critically is yeah. there's a way in which maybe somebody's gonna write a paper about this shit. exactly <laughs> of exactly. how it's definitely connected to yeah uh, the inhumane immigration yeah I laws. mean it's that we're it's this time you know mm-hmm. and yeah so anyway i consume a lot of like instagram content <laughs> <laughs> i will admit to that yes i'm not too good well anyways i consume a lot of content and so the other kinds of memes that i was really enjoying around the holidays was this you know a lot of things about jesus being a refugee which also is related to you know what you know, what is happening in the detention centers mm-hmm. and the kids and separation from families. And, yeah, there was another kind of uh, theme that was out there during the holidays was the reminder that, you know, Mary and Joseph had to flee and were finding refuge in a different country. Right. Uh, which is where they ended up, um, you know, which is where Jesus was birthed, was on a on foreign land as refugees. But, you know, there were a lot of people that were putting that content out there, reminding people about like this is the season we're in, and we need to remind, be reminded of, you know, where where our beliefs lie. Right. So yeah, that made me think about this post that um, I actually seen on a page for the film uh, "Late These and Waiting." Uh huh. Um, there was a post that that came, that was on that page that said. Jesus was not killed by atheism mm-hmm. and anarchy. He was brought down by law and order allied with religion, mm-hmm. which is always a deadly mix. Beware those who claim to know the mind of God and are prepared to use force, if necessary, to make others conform. Beware those who cannot tell God's will from their own. Barbara Brown Taylor. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that kind of relates. Yeah. I mean. I, it just made me think about that. I guess I didn't read it all the way through. <laughs> but it's related. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like folks in the church should be well aware of the role that church and government had in 
you know, the crucifixion. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you are not aware of that, then I, I ask you to be a better Christian and learn more about like what, what that looks like. You, you two talked about it in the last episode, you know, and I, I don't know much. Mm-hmm. I don't know much. Uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention, yeah. <laughs> you know, in growing up, um, with, yeah, much of heaven. much of the condemn and like the ridicule of Jesus came from church leaders. Mm. So you know, folks within the church need to be mindful of who they are and the way that they place uh, condemnation in this society today. So come on, I don't know. I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't even go to church, but come talk to me about that stuff. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, come talk to me. Yeah. Woo. Anyways, we get we, we we went we went from bird box to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we haven't even moved past the bruh yet. Oh man! But oh, this is this is just us. You know, yeah. we just we could get into our conversations go all kinds of ways. This is why we wanted to do a <laughs> podcast. It's because we just have really good conversations. At least we think so. Yeah. Um. Thank you for sharing. I think it's time for us to move on to our ICUs. You okay. know. To show some love to our community. Okay. Um, and so is it cool if we start with you? Who's your ICU sure. for this week, Paula? Yes. My ICU this week, um, you know, for a while, I think, I, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, who am I going to talk about? Um, but this person came to mind because she's been there for me for a really long time. Like, she and, she's one of my closest friends in L.A. Um, her name is Lisa Lavulo. Hey, shout out to Too hey, Tall. I know, a.k.a. Elizabeth Lavulo, <laughs> a.k.a. Too Tall. <laughs> <laughs> too Tall. A.k.a. the creative brain behind the What It Do. What It Do. So. What It Do, Kaipo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I I just, Lisa is somebody that is very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, she and I are like, I think our birthday is like a week apart mm. from each other, same year. Mm-hmm. But we could not operate like any differently than two people. Um, <laughs> but we're really close. But I, I, what I really admire about her is she's very clear about who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she, when she says something, she just says it. Um, and she's very succinct. You know, sometimes she, you know, she'll share something very uh, bluntly and, and she's just like, that's just the way I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really admire her because this year has been really hard and she's one of the people that has, uh, been consistent in reminding me about um, what it means to thrive or what it means to strive, actually. Nice. Um, and so she's always been there and oftentimes will feed me and, <laughs> you know, forgive my nonprofit salary brokenness and take care of me. <laughs> um, but more than that, like, I really admire what she's done with the What It Do and building a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, that offers representation of a wide variety of who we are. Um, And something that I, like, she's, you know, she's really proud of, but she, I know she does not say that because she's never up front, up in front of that platform. Uh Um, Is that, like, she has, uh, I think over the last three or four months, she started doing those takeovers. Oh, my gosh. I love (laughs) those takeovers. And, you know, even when, you know, when she shares about it, she talks about how it was something that was encouraged by, like, a group of people that, you know, they get together as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and try to support each other. Um, and something that she decided to do without necessarily knowing what the outcome was going to be. And she talks about how she needed to trust that her experience has brought her to this point mm. and not have to know what's on the other side, but just trust that it's going to go somewhere. 
courageous. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I, like I draw a lot, of, a lot of inspiration from that because I'm somebody that's like, no, I gotta work out all the details. Like I gotta, mm. I gotta know my timeline and know what my outcomes are supposed to be before I actually do something. Right. Um, and you know, when she talks about this whole thing about the takeover, she was like, I didn't know what was gonna come of it. Um, but it felt right. So I just did it. And I've been in- inspired by the fact that she has provided a platform for like a variety of different representations mm-hmm. of who we are as Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, there are the athletes and the entertainers, but she's also been able to give depth and um, dimension to who our folks are. Yes. So, yeah, that's been, I've loved it. I enjoy it. I enjoy just, I feel like I'm meeting these new people. Um, they're not, you know, they're my friends, but they don't know me kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, I I just really admire the way she works and she's driven. She has her own business and really like the What It Do is her passion project. And the way that she works on the What It Do like really inspires me about like the million projects I have in my head and mm-hmm. always being afraid to start it because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I hope I walk into 2019 with that kind of courage. Yes. Um, yeah, and she's somebody that I fully support. And, um, yeah, just wanted to say, she I don't know if she listens to the podcast. I'll at least tell her to listen to this one. But, Lisa, I see you. Hey. Thank you for always being there and being an inspiration, not just to me, but being able to provide a platform for our folks to have more than just two-dimensional lives. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Tutono is somebody who definitely um, gives off that energy mm-hmm. of being a doer mm-hmm. and not and not a sayer, yeah. right? Um, I've always seen her do things she's put her mind to, even mm-hmm. as a young kota, right? Like yeah. when Tutono was putting on her, uh, you know, putting on all these concerts and she had like Rana come yeah. to the bay, like that was huge, right? And uh-huh. she didn't have... I mean, at least from what I know, she, all she had was an idea, and yeah. she made it happen. Mm-hmm. And then the what it—I remember the what it do came out, and to learn that it has sustained yeah. for so long, yeah. and she's just you know made it work. Um, I think I've gotten a lot closer to her be- through your mm-hmm. friendship, yeah. Um, and always being able to vibe with her as yeah. being uh, you know Bay, uh, Bay Area natives, right? Um, growing up in like San Bruno, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just being able to connect that way, I always felt I always felt like a piece of home. Yeah. When um, dealing with with Lisa. Yeah. And she's just, she is definitely she's definitely uh, business minded. Yeah. Um, but also like very courageous. Yeah, I mean, I always tell her that she's always so far ahead of her time. Yeah. Um, because even like she had a hand in a lot of the early high school conferences put on by colleges, mm-hmm. like in the late nineties, you know. So that I got to go to. Yeah. So shout out to you again, <laughs> Tutal. Because yeah, she's you know she's adult. always been able to do a lot of these things way ahead of, or even like paving the way. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times you, you don't see her out front yeah she's or, not in the front line uh, of no. it not in the limelight of yeah, it yeah yeah so and she's okay with that you know but um very yeah. tongan of her yeah <laughs> <laughs> I will say as a Samoan there are many tongans that are not so background that's Look, true they're in they're everywhere <laughs> all, all people all people all people there you go there you go yeah. shout out to Tuto I, I personally yeah. also love those um, takeovers 
Which the one what is it, your favorite? The What It Do Takeovers. I personally love the one uh, that just recently came out with Pita. Oh, Penu. oh yes. Um, especially learning that he, you know, grew up in Tonga. Uh-huh. You know, it's from Tonga, and just I, he was one of my ICUs a few weeks ago, right. and just seeing the way he interacts with people, even uh-huh. though he's you know on the celebrity status, yeah. he seems very approachable. Yeah, you know, um, good looking yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually spoke Tongan. And he spoke Tongan. That's the yes. that's the part. That really made me feel, uh, Mimika, right? Made me feel proud. Mm. As a, you know, even though I'm Samoan, like just hearing him speak his native language, yeah, you see him feel more comfortable. Yeah, and also I love the fact that it's almost as like you know when we see folks who are out there on social in social media land, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have uh, we have Afro Tane, mm-hmm. right? We have Tane Meuli, yes, um, who you know may not look what you think a Samoan woman looks right, like. like. Bla- they look like black women, mm-hmm. right? And and but then in they, our culture. But then they can speak the language and they yes. go off and, and it's such a just this display of culture, right? To see a young Tongan man who looks um who looks more uh black, right? Uh-huh. Being able to speak the language, it's like it's that kind of punch, you know, yeah. where it's like don't don't question me and my tongue in this like <laughs> I'm from Tonga, right? Yeah. And, and just, he, he, you see the comfortability in him speaking his own language. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's, just, it's, all, it's also really cool that, like, for a platform that is here on the diaspora, like, on, in the diaspora, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of these kinds of platforms, right? They highlight folks that are, that are, he, that are generations that are here. Um, and mo- a lot of times they don't speak the language or they don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so... I just thought it was really cool that like he had decided to yeah let that be a time for him to speak in language and answer a lot of the questions in it. It mm-hmm. was really touching. Good job, Pita. Yeah, I'm, good job, Pita. <laughs> yeah, you're. I'm sure your family's proud of you for. I'm sure that the DMs was blowing <laughs> up because I'm pretty sure you got a lot of fans over there, bro. Yeah, I could dig it. I could dig it. Yeah, and it was. I I also like it was really cool because. His tone was very humble, and if you don't know Tongan, you at least get that feel from mm, it, right? Mm-hmm. But even in like the way that he, in the tongue, the kind of Tongan that he used, it the his choice of words was also like uh, filled with humility. I love it. You I know? love it. So, yeah, I yeah. think I was sharing this with you earlier that so, you know usually the generation of Tongans that grow up overseas, even when you hear them speak Tongan, it's in a very uh like watered down I mean not watered down I, I I really appreciate hearing like the generations here try to grasp the language and share it but even people that do speak I'm gonna just gonna use America since we're here yeah. you know it it still comes off in a very American tone mm, I get you yeah yeah um so it still comes off sometimes like with the same kind of arrogance yeah so you know it's funny <laughs> I, I know we're on the ICU but <laughs> But um, when I did a keynote for um, the Mana graduation uh-huh. over at CSM, I think it was like a, a year or two ago, and I did a Fagatapu and a, a Fatulo, mm, right? Mm-hmm. You helped me with the Fagatapu, mm-hmm. and um, Pastor Thompson helped me with the Samoan one. And, you know, like I said, you're a teacher, and you really helped me nail it, and I believe I got it down as best as I could mm-hmm. um, after the after the whole thing ceremony and everything, um, a very important woman in the community, a Samoan woman, came up to me and was like, 
man, your speech was really good, but you need to work on your Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> I died. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. You know our old folks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, and then I heard some good things about the Tongan. I was like, well, you know, I just had a better teacher with the Tongan, and I'm around the Tongan more than, you know, the Samoan. But anywho, yeah, just. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, I, I think we have to remember sometimes in our cultures, even our languages, there are different different levels of it, and yeah. choice of words matter, and yeah, but the way Pita spoke really displayed that he's aware of that, and he knew exactly how to choose the words that he needed to say. Word. Yeah. That's something I think, you know, Lisa kind of have to really uh, take ownership of, because that is such a smart way to... To use this this platform with yeah. social media, you know she had Dinah Jane do mm-hmm. the uh, the takeover. Who else did she have? She had um. I don't, I don't Le- think Dinah Jane. Oh no, not Dinah over. Jane. Uh-uh. Oh well. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's a different platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Veronica Pomee. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the mm-hmm. young Tongan woman who's a, a model in New York. Yes. Uh, Sports Illustrated uh, mm-hmm. model, right? Top top sweet sixteen, top sixteen or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then even uh, she had Lita Lewis, mm-hmm. who's also a uh, uh, Samoan yeah. and uh, black. And uh, Tuvaluan. And Tuvaluan. <laughs> hey. told she needs to stop neglecting her Tuvaluan style. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that media that media takeover is really smart. Yeah. Lisa. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, my ICU for this week. Uh, goes out to somebody that we know very well. Um, she is a, or I'm sorry, let me uh, correct myself. Mm. Sophie's pronouns are they and theirs. And so my ICU for this week is Sophie Lubansky. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I pronounced that, pronounced your last name wrong. Uh, Sophie is an amazing person. Uh, they are a an alumni mm-hmm. of Pilot. Cohort six. Cohort six, uh, the leadership <laughs> program we worked on together. Um, Sophie uh, identifies as gender queer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they go by self. Oh, they go by self? Yes. Okay. So my ICU goes out to self. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, you know, just to inform folks who may not know what uh, gender queer is, uh, gender queer, also known as non binary is a catch-all category for gender identities that are not exclusively masculine or feminine identities, Mm -hmm. which are outside of the gender binary and cis uh, normativity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Sof is also a fakasi. And they have been binging all of our episodes uh, during this holiday season and has really taken the initiative to further the conversation on uh, their IG, yes. Uh, by, you know, just really processing what came up for them and and contextualizing it in their experience, mm-hmm. but also like trying to uh, open up this mode of conversation to further deepen her understanding of, yeah. you know, where we all her stand with this, mm-hmm. her, yeah, their own identity mm-hmm. um, in this, and so, you know, just. Just really seeing Soph do that um, really, really moved my heart because this is why 
you know, yeah. we wanted to create this platform is exactly. to just start the conversation right. and get the conversation popping, right? Like, right. and and not be the ones to say, yeah, we we started that conversation, but to hear from the community, right? Mm-hmm. And be able to engage beyond beyond the speaker, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. really take it to these platforms that we have and chop it up even more, you know? So, so if I just want to say that uh, I see you and I really appreciate you, uh, furthering this conversation right and shout out to you as well um because um something that we talked about previously was the whole mystic malu Mm. controversy right and so soph has a relationship with mystic malu Uh and recommended that um she listened to the podcast and it was really uh it was really surprising that in our email inbox, uh, we got an email from Mystic Malu, uh-huh. and I haven't had a chance. We haven't had a chance to uh, read the email yet, uh-huh. but we're definitely looking forward to it. And just, just already from that, right? right? Just already from hearing from Mystic Malu, it it also moves my heart again because, again, this is why we want. This is the reason why we wanted to use this platform is to just have conversation, right. and not only to hear from people who agree with our viewpoints. You know, but to hear from everybody, yeah, right, because th- that's how we we get to see each other even right. deeper, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm really excited to uh, read Mystic Malu's email, um, and just want to say again, Soph, I see you. I see you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean, you're, and I think Soph and I stand like we talked. You know, we checked in and we talked about nice just this podcast being a place for us to gather, you know, because we may not be together physically, but when we listen to an episode and have a conversation about it, it's mm-hmm. a way for us to have collective exchange, Yeah, you know? And so, I mean, that's the power of creating platforms for our people by our people Yes, is that we can then offer up our own perspectives, mm-hmm. our specific cultural knowledge, and be able to deepen the way that we understand each other and understand our own thinking about our culture and the way that we wear it and display it here, you know? So, you know, similarly to what Lisa's doing with the What It Do, yes. this podcast is providing another way for us to hear each other, mm-hmm. hear from each other, mm-hmm. hear about each other, um, that helps us, that gives us belonging. Um, and gives our voice belonging so that we can have conversations that further enrich the way that we understand our culture here, you know? So, yeah, I totally see her, you know, when she's, you know, if if you don't already follow her, I don't know if she wants people to follow them or not, but... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I think I think, I think they do, because um, I know when, uh, from the videos I've watched, Soph has asked folks to engage. Okay. So, um, I... I We'll definitely uh, put Soph's... Actually, no. Let me just say it right here. Yeah. Because I think um, they're also trying to put into practice having... Sorry, Soph. I'm totally speaking on your behalf. (laughs) But, you know, having a voice. And, you know, this was something that we talked about when we were, you know, doing pilot Mm -hmm. is 
you know, there are very, there are many constructive ways that we can use social media, not just to connect with each other, but right. to lift up each other's voices and, you know, elevate our voices. Yes. As even if they don't, even if they're different from what our voice is talking right, about. Right. Um, and so I know in practice, Soph is doing lives yep. on Instagram. Post- Going live, doing IG yeah, stories. Posting stories. And I know that they welcome the engagement from other folks. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, just don't bring no fuck shit to Soph, okay? Because then we all <laughs> going to have to come for you. But if you want to engage also with Soph, um, you can follow them on IG at S-A-U-F-U-G-A-S-O-F. I don't, I don't know how to say the... Is it a Samoan? I feel like it's South Funga Soph. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've not been trying to say that at all. We're totally guessing. That's what I was saying. Okay, I'm guessing too. But yes, Soph, we see, we you. see you. Thank you for being a voice. Thank you for being courageous. Absolutely. You are... There, there's so many examples of courage that we've talked about that I think it's the perfect segue into us getting into our chopping up. We've been chopping it up about a lot. Yeah. Tom, I want to apologize and say that I know I don't know where we are <laughs> know. Uh, with time, uh, but we're going to do our best to just have this conversation. Um, <laughs> succinctly. <laughs> yes, succinctly. But we want to get into this chop it up section um, because something that you've shared with me, you know, over o- through the course of this year mm-hmm. um, is that you're living your life courageously. I'm trying. You're trying to live your life courageously. Yes. And I think even just from our conversation and even from you sharing that, um, it has really sparked me to think about the same. And I think it's it's really it's really a good time to talk about this mm-hmm. because we're stepping into a new year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's been a year and some change since we've dealt with this this huge change in our life right. that has really impacted us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just I just thought it would be great to chop it up about yeah. why you're doing this, how yeah. you're doing this, because it could potentially, you know, help others and yeah. also hold us accountable, hold mm-hmm. you accountable to you not trying but doing. Yes. Living your life courageously. Right. And, you know, I just want to say that I'm I'm trying to be – brave enough to do it without figuring out what it looks like Mm -hmm. Um, because as as I said earlier I like to kind of like lay out the timeline and the you know what are the markers for whether I get here or whatever like a strategic plan Um, and so instead of doing that I'm just we just got to do it. Just existing, yeah. right? Just doing it. Right. But that decision for me came juxtaposed against a realization that I was living with a lot of fear. Mm. Um, And that came at a time when I started to have anxiety Mm -hmm. because of a lot of, well, because of a lot of things that I was going through. And this was just, this happened, I talk about it like it happened years ago, but this happened in like late September. Mm. So just a few months ago, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, in my Day job, I, you know, one of the things that I manage is civic engagement work for a nonprofit organization in Orange County. Mm. Um, and so I, I wa- was responsible for running our voter engagement 
uh, plan, mm-hmm. uh, and, which was really interesting, right? If you really paid attention to the midterm elections, you know how interesting that was, and even more so in a place like Orange County, right? And, so. and, a, and, and just really a huge, you know, uh, shout out to the work that you're doing and the hand that you've played in contributing to, I believe, if I'm if I'm wrong, correct me, but you had a hand in changing Orange County from red to blue? It was a collective effort, yes. A collective effort, but mm-hmm. yes, you had a... You, you, you right. We a, did our part. Yeah, you did your part. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah thank you. That's, uh. that's, that's dope. <laughs> and and I'm, I believe that that means, you know, you the Orange County was once a, a county that was more uh, Republican, mm-hmm. and, and that's red, and then now has turned to blue, which is more uh, Democrat. Right. It's right? still very so, conservative. Yes, yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I get yeah. that right. You know how I am with this <laughs> civic engagement stuff. Yes, in the larger picture of California, Orange County is still very conservative. However, mm-hmm. representation at the national level is leaning more blue. So. Nice. You know, we're we're hoping that we are able to sustain that in the coming years because a lot of the interest of the communities that we serve as a nonprofit mm-hmm. aligns with uh, more progressive agenda. So, mm. anyways, uh, you know, so as I, I can appreciate the congratulations now, but before the election, yes, I know you was going through it. <laughs> yes, I was really scared about failing. Mm-hmm. that very specific role that I played. Mm. Um, and only because, you know, I am i don't live in Orange County. I'm not from there. I'm, I live in L.A. I work in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, and the community that we were mobilizing was the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. And for the most part, I mean, it's largely Asian American. Right. Um, and there's a large conservative Asian American community that I'm not familiar with. And so... I fed my head with a lot of these things, um, and yeah, and it was it became the source of anxiety, which I diagnosed myself um, <laughs> because I was like waking up at three in the morning, panicking about work and right. whether when am I going to get my phone banking stuff started? How how is anybody going to come and volunteer? Mm-hmm. I'm just like filling myself with fear, and one of the things that. Uh, really drove me to stop was that, uh, and you know, it's like I have had two episodes of heart palpitations yeah. due to stress, mm-hmm. internalized stress, right? right. Um, and I didn't want to get myself into that place again. And so I, I, it was like, you have to figure this out. And, you know, at the same time I was trying to run our um, electoral work, I was also uh, reconsidering considering whether I should retake my GRE. Mm-hmm working on my application to go back to school. And I was just finding myself at the same place that I've been, that I was last year when I was trying to do the same thing, minus mm-hmm. the election stuff, right? So right. it's just, I, I I didn't know what else to do. And, you know, in a lot of this thinking, I, I, had, I had to make some decisions about why I'm going to continue to do this to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things that came to mind was that, like, why do I continue to find myself in the same place over and over and over? Um, if I believe in myself being a good person and being intentional and being and believing in myself and all these things that I build myself up to be, why do I continue to find myself in this situation? Mm-hmm. And that situation was that, you know, I was not anywhere near ready to apply because I was so busy fretting about my work mm-hmm. um, and just being so filled with fear. And 
Yeah. I, one of the things that I had, you know, I had a conversation with myself, which I have very often. Mm-hmm. I talk to myself a lot. It's important too. Yes. Um, it was just like, why, why is this happening? Yeah. Uh, what are the choices that you're making that is landing you in the same place mm-hmm. year after year, especially about school? Um, it's, you know, it's been my goal to go back for almost a decade. Right. And every year I plan on it every year. Every year I put some work um, into applying and somehow something, I find myself in the same place. So, uh, one of the, one of the thoughts that came to mind in my talk with myself was that, who are you competing with and why are you trying to fulfill this? Who, you know, are you doing, what are the reasons why you're doing this? Mm -hmm. And why are you putting this much pressure on yourself? Whose timeline are you working on Mm -hmm. and who put that into place? And all of the answers to that was myself. Which also came with the realization that since I put all these things in place, I am the only one that can change that mm. for myself. So one of the first things that I decided was that I would not apply to grad school and had to talk to myself about, like, if if you do this, what are, what are the repercussions, you know? Shame. What am I ashamed of? Not being able to do what I said I was going to do. Who's going to judge you on that? Mm myself mm-hmm. right and why does that matter because I don't want to be a failure to myself right. which became the, the huge light bulb was that like oh you're you're afraid of failing okay so what other areas in your life do you have this, this much fear about mm-hmm. and you know because I was doing my voter stuff I realized that I was having anxiety about my voter plan, my work, because I feared that I was going to fail that too. Mm. Which, I mean, it's already a long story, but the short version is that I realized that I was living under a lot of fear. And many times it has driven me to accomplish the things that people see as accomplishment, Mm -hmm. which is fine, but it comes at a cost and it's not sustainable. And so, uh, and and then I had to think about like, where did that come from? Or do you remember how far back you've been driven this way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that it, it, as far, as far as I can remember back was I've been living under this kind of fear about a lot of things ever since I had my divorce. Mm. Right. Yes. So I was once married mm-hmm. and I went through a divorce in 2008, which actually didn't get finalized until 2009. Mm-hmm. And that whole process, like, and ever since then, I've tried to like, I, well, I felt like I had moved forward. Like, you know, if anybody asked me, I'm like, I'm fine. And really, I wasn't trying to lie my, to myself inside. Mm-hmm. I really believed that. But I might have moved forward, but the fear didn't go away. The mm. fear of failing because I once again, like I once before failed already. Mm-hmm. The fear of like other people are going to say, oh, see, look, you're not as good as you think you are. Mm. Just all of these kinds of like things that are driven by fear. Yeah. Um, and so as I was going through that, I was like, what is the antidote to this? What is like, how do you combat fear? Um and I, you know, talked to a few people, including you, about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how do you combat fear in your life? Um, and one of the things, and, and I, the conclusion was that I needed courage. Yeah. And it was at that time when I figured out that courage was the antidote 
that I realized that I had no courage. Mm. Like, where, where's my courage? I've, now I'm picturing, like, the lion from Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> but it's like, where's my courage? And, how, and if I don't have courage, where do I find that? And once I find it, how do I hold on to it? Mm-hmm. And once I can grasp it, how do I build it? Right? So instead of, in, in the situations where I have operated from fear, I need to replace that with courage. Yes. And so luckily for me, I walked into running all of my phone banking and all of the voter engagement stuff, having realized that courage is where I need to, to go. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Lisa was one of the people that I called and was like, where do you find your courage? Uh-huh. And she said, when I think about my grandparents and what they had to do in mm. order for uh, them to migrate here, live here, find jobs and raise families here. Yeah. That's where she she's like it is in our stock to thrive. That's right. So, okay, I want to cry now. But you know it was like tapping back to that like duh, ancestors, ancestors, parents, right. mm-hmm. brothers, you know, like nieces and nephews, next generation, like right. that's where you find courage. Right. Which is where I went to find courage. And so with that like, oh, I kid you not, my phone bank like was way more successful than I thought it was going to be. So it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I ended up having ugh, so many volunteers that I ran out of phones and laptops and computers. But it was beautiful because I kept thinking like this is what happens when you work from courage right. is that you believe in your experience and what you have done. You didn't land here without having done the work that you have laid laid down to get here. So many people came through for you at, yeah. at, at, in your time of need, yes, right? Yes, in my time of need. So I just yes. like, I'm going to give a shout out to, oh man, I hope I don't forget folks. I give a shout out to some of the folks that came through for me because at the very beginning there, I like one day I had one volunteer. Mm-hmm. Another day I had myself volunteer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the the support that I was getting from folks from like people just writing me to send me mana and energy and, you know, like, shout out to Ronya for driving all the way from the IE. from Victorville right. for, like, 40 minutes and then driving back because she had to work. Like, you know, shout out to uh, Kadisha mm-hmm. and Issa and Easter, all, all the Orange County, all oh. of our Orange <laughs> County folks. That's right. Yeah, um, they brought, um, uh, what's Talavo. Oh, um. Oh, no, no, no. Parker. Last oh, name Parker. Tanya. 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 Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tanya. Shout out to Evie and Clara yes. for like always sending me support. Um, you know, Calvin, Melenaite, the Pip, Pip family. Word. So people showed up. But like, you know, honestly, the a lot of our volunteers that came were high school students. Nice. And they were so, they were, you know, most of them were not even 16 yet. Mm-hmm. And and the, those that were 16 decided to pre-register to vote. Because here in California, you can pre-register to vote when you're 16. Uh-huh. And once you're 18, you automatically are registered. Nice. And so all of the volunteers that were 16 and older already pre-registered. And the folks that were like 15, 14 were like, we can't wait to pre-register to vote. So it was really exciting. Um but that's all to say, like, every day I went, I woke up, 
I went, you know, I woke up, I was excited, I was filled with energy that I had never really felt before. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I couldn't believe it because like I worked, I just worked like 12, 14, 15 hour days. And I was like, all right, let's go home, sleep, wake up, do it again. And I know that that came from all of, like from working from a place of courage. Nice. Right. And remembering that your experiences have put you here and not just your experiences, but your experiences that have been built on the experiences of others, mm. right? And so remembering that your presence is linked to so many others before you that you don't stand alone, right? It's like that that image of you standing, but then all of these like thousands of people behind you. Yeah. And also realizing that like what you do now isn't going to be the answer to everything, but you're a link in this. And so, you know, what is your role in planting the seed for somebody else to come in further, right? So, mm. and so, and so not carrying all that pressure. Um, yeah, so. I think, that's, I think that's beautiful because so many times I think we do things out of fear, mm-hmm. right? We, we definitely live out of fear of like running out of things or not having certain things mm-hmm. when in fact we have so much, yeah. right? And we are where we are because of so much that was done before us. Um, And I think that you beautifully define courage, right? In in the sense of, like, the definition for courage is is the ability to do something that frightens someone, Mm -hmm. right? And the strength, uh, to have strength in the face of pain or grief. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that's associated with, you know, for instance, the fear of failing. Right. Right? That's, That's the hugest thing that any of us like I said you know that that we live by right is fear you know I think even for myself the reason like you, you know being able to process with you and think about a lot of what you're fearful of and how you're working from a place of courage also prompted me to think about what I'm living in mm-hmm. fear of which, mm-hmm. which is also so much right connected to my identity as right. as someone who's you know calling calls themselves a filmmaker or an aspiring filmmaker, right? So many folks are like, you need to do this or or do this or do that, but I honestly feel like the reason why I haven't moved is because of f- the fear of failing, mm-hmm. right? And it's and it's risky to mm-hmm. to do something like that. But if we were to think about, or if I'm if I'm to think about it from a place working from a place of courage, mm-hmm. you know, I might be able to see past that right or not might be but i will be able to see past that and just thinking about other things that uh i'm fearful of mm-hmm. you know doing this podcast is something <laughs> is, okay. is we something ta- we talked about doing a podcast for like three years right and, and very much similar to you you know like <laughs> trying to plan things out and make sure that everything is everything so that it's safe enough to make the move yeah when sometimes all it takes is just to make the Take move a step take that step yeah. and things are going to fall into place mm-hmm. you know as as they happen mm-hmm. you know so i definitely hear you yeah and i think like courage goes um alongside faith right yes, like yes. folks can define that as faith and you know it's 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 a very very similar concept right um so i i also uh want to just share this definition um when we were talking earlier, you know, we were talking about Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown, 
is an author of many books mm-hmm. uh, that have to deal with living or daring courageously, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so to quote Brene Brown, courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, C-O-R, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic, heroic, did I say that right? <laughs> Hero, heroic, Ooh, heroic, and brave deeds. But in my opinion, this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. Speaking from our heart is what I think of as ordinary courage. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just, you know, having the ability to do things with our heart, right? It, it, it takes courage right? because it might go against what is deemed, you know, normal or, or safe or... Yeah, but, you know, those confines are things that we place on ourselves. Mm. Even even if we say, well, so-and-so is going to think this of me or I'm going to let my parents down, mm. um, those, at least in, in men- mentality, those are things that we build to confine ourselves to mm-hmm. what we can do. Yeah. Um, I think cur- what courage does is allow us to break those confines down and say... Like what, what, what does that matter? Like what, so, so those are somebody else's limitations, right? Or those are limitations that I have put on myself. Um, and I think that goes back to what you were saying about like the answer you kept coming up with when questioning yourself was it was you. Yeah. Right. Putting up those roadblocks. Right. Putting right. those things in the way, but you are also the solution mm-hmm. to removing those. Right. right? And, and having the courage to break those down. Yeah, and even thinking about like fear of failure, right? This mm-hmm. is this is something that I'm working on with my I have a personal coach. Right. And so when we when I initially started working with her, um, shout out to Leap and the Emerging Leaders program, which is now called Impact. Oh really? They changed the name? <laughs> they changed the name. Oh, because uh, I too am an alumni <laughs> of uh, ELP. Shout out to my cohort. Yay. Um, you know, we were given a personal coach, which is, you know, not a therapist. Right. It's a life coach. Right. So um, it's funny because I went to her and, you you know, we we were supposed to, through our exercises, define what we want to work on. Uh So I went to her and I said, I want to work on timeliness, right? You you know I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very tongue-in problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's there's a... What do they call that? There's color people time. <laughs> then there's Samoan time, Hawaiian and, time, and then Tongan time. Uh, bad case. <laughs> anyway, so I went to her to talk. You know, I was like, I want to work on timeliness. And right. she's like, okay, that's great. And so we were having a conversation and kind of digging and digging and realized that what I really needed to work on was perfectionist, mm. being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so I think my fear of failure comes from this place of, uh, trying to be perfect that feels uncomfortable to say because I don't like to admit that I am that person. I because I fully understand in my mind that nobody's perfect. I understand that logically. But it's still hard to 
get out because it's something that like that roadblock is so yeah like cemented. I my strive and the the my aim in things is that to like be be the, be the best yeah and be perfect at being the best mm-hmm. and do it very and do it perfectly and you know like all of those standards yeah. are standards that I set on myself. I mean, shout out to you right now just for having the courage <laughs> to vocalize that. Uh, hey, the struggle it, to to grow is to be uncomfortable, right? Yes, and yeah. to be uncomfortable takes courage, right? And right, you, and you just displayed that, right? I mean, even your your invitation today to do the podcast, my initial thing in my head was like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I thank know. you for giving me the space to practice courage absolutely yeah and i know you know this conversation warrants its own episode absolutely but if there's anything that anybody can walk away with it's like find the places where you need to practice courage Mm -hmm. and even if it's one area in your life measure you know see how that works for you you know and Um, and remind yourself that you're the one who can adjust yeah you know like you can't control other things in life but what you can control is how you respond to things, mm-hmm. how you react to things, mm-hmm. and even like how you can r- frame things in your life. Yeah. You know, you, you can be the one to remove those roadblocks, even if the roadblocks that they are roadblocks that you put there or that other people put there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can deal with the ones you put there yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's other systemic roadblocks that. We all need to collectively work on. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, we could go, we could we could go, uh, we could talk about at tandem, yeah, but but at least the things that you have control over. Yes. Find the courage to remove those, and even or even if it's just like, how do I build courage? Mm-hmm. That in itself is growth, right? Yeah, because it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be different for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Your definition may not be the same definition for someone else, but if if we are collectively working towards that. And hearing each other out on this, right? Mm-hmm. It can help build and strengthen the definition for so many of us. Yeah. So I think, you know, I just really thank you for being able to open up and share what you shared about living courageously because it's a great way for all of us to step into 2019. Yeah. Um, it's to really do that internal work. And, and I know, I know for me, that's going to be my word for the year. Courage? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know what the word for courage is in Samoan. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, I asked my dad is... in Tongan. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Okay, well, well, we'll figure it out, but that's going to be the word of the year, and we're going to translate We're gonna translate that word, and we're just going to remind ourselves yeah. all throughout 2019. Now I'm going to beat myself up over not remembering the Tongan word for courage in this moment. It's okay, because we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to take it to... <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, and yeah. it's just going to be a whole campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> oh, but yes, we have talked a lot. Yeah. And it's, I'm and tired. As sad as it is, we do have to uh, end it here. You know, folks got things to do. Um, and so as we always do, before we get up out of here, we ask ourselves, how are you going to care for yourself this week? So, Paula. Yeah. How are, you go gonna, how are you going to care for yourself? I can go first if you haven't thought about it. No, I... Okay, go ahead. I thought about this 
driving you... over here. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I like to prepare a little bit. <laughs> How will you care okay. for yourself, Paula? I'm going to care for myself as the week that ends the year and starts the year by um, uh, working on my bullet journal uh-huh. and setting it up for 2019. Nice. That That's always a... A way that uh, that's always a form of self care for me that I, I I've actually neglected for the last six months of 2018, which is where a lot of the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna resided. hold you to it. Yes. So ne- this coming week, I will take care of myself by setting up my bullet journal. Cool. Yes. How about you? Um, I'm gonna take care of myself this week, um, and working into the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spoke last week about, you know, being on this whole glow up journey for myself and something that I want to do, uh, cause I've been concerned about it is my health and I want to make a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. Oh, nice. um, into the new year. Uh, just, you know, I need, I need to check up on things and, and I want to be aware mm-hmm. and not live in fear, right. right. Of, um, what the doctor's going to say or. Right. Just the fear I have of the Find hospital. Find the courage to hear it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the advice that we're talking about here and have the courage to make the appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, and then go to the appointment. Yes. And then to do something about whatever the the outcome is yeah. from that appointment because that's not easy to. It, it's not to. It it's not natural for us to think about that. I I'm someone who grew up without. You know that like having access to that kind of insurance, and mm-hmm. so like going to the doctor regularly. It's not a normal practice. Nope, going to the dentist is many not, of us. Yeah, many of us, right? Mm-hmm. Not not just me, many of us, and so like even the thought of like, okay, something's wrong, I gotta call the doctor, is not something. Yeah. You know, I just kind of deal with it. Yeah. And thug it out and like sweat it out, <laughs> <laughs> but because I have insurance, yes. I am going to make that appointment and see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well. One of the things because I want to do the same things. Over 2019, mm-hmm. and part of practicing pra- practicing it into my bullet journal is to have something that I need to do every month. Like in January is to set the appointment for the dentist, mm-hmm. and in February is to set the appointment for the doctor. Yeah, you know those kind of like actually put it in on paper. Word. Put it on paper. Put it in the uni- Put it put out in the, the universe. universe. And Put that, it in your prayers. Mm-hmm. Call to the ancestors because they're yeah. going to, you know, all of that is going to help Call us. Call your accountability partner and tell them to hold you accountable to putting it into practice. Yes, I got lots, you. Lots I got of you, ways. <laughs> you got to have a lot of accountability partners out yes. there, okay? Yes. <sighs> Paul, I just want to say thank you very, 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 very much, Malo Alpito, for making the time to drive all the way out here. Uh, from Monterey, while you're visiting with family, um, you know, the vow that exists between us is something that's very special to me. And Mm -hmm. so being able to share this space with you means a lot. Thank you. And I'm just so happy that we have a conversation that's immortalized. Thank thank you so much for having me. You know, as your number one fan, I am honored. (laughs) I'm honestly, I'm humbled to be on your 20th um, episode and I I really enjoy the conversations that you and Bex have and look forward to every Monday. So I'm honored to be here with you. And you know, as much as I've been home with family, this is also part of family for me. So absolutely, we, we get to spend time together. So malo e ofa, 
Maloy Ofa. And I know Bex is really, you know, she was looking forward to meeting you. So definitely, hopefully there's opportunities in 2019 since you've gotten, since you were courageous enough to do this. Yes. You may be courageous to do it an, another time. Yes. Um, happy so, New Year, everybody. Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. As always, you could uh, reach out to us. Uh, via email, hit us up if there's anything you want to uh, talk about or further the conversation or even just add your two cents. Uh, go ahead and tap in with us at For the Cultures, F O R T H E Q U L T U R E S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, and on Instagram, and on Facebook, all at For the Cultures. Um, we look forward to spending 2019 with y'all. And with that, we wish you a happy new year, a prosperous new year, and wish you all courage. Yes. Courage in 2019. All right, y'all. We out of here. Bye. Peace. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture.